It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said done. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the 12th floor, 50 pin place in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, the home of 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 KTOK. Welcome to the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G., Thanking you so much for making us a part of your day. Coming up on this episode of Locked on Thunder, we'll revisit the last 28 and a half seconds of the Thunder's loss to the Philadelphia 76ers. And we'll discuss who's more to blame for the Thunder not extending that game. Is it Russell Westbrook for not being very basketball aware after Ben Simmons got a rebound? Is it Billy Donovan for not telling Terrence Ferguson or any number of players to just go ahead and foul who's ever got the ball to put Philly at the line in order to stop the clock. It's an interesting debate. We'll talk about it, and we will hear from Billy Donovan coming up in segment number one on this particular topic. In segment number two, I have been operating on the premise that it would be better for Oklahoma City to move down into the four seed and play Houston in the first round of the playoffs Avoid the Jazz and do everything you can to avoid the Denver Nuggets until the Western Conference Finals, if you can make it that far. Well, the Nuggets could overtake the Warriors for that number one spot, so it would mean that the Thunder would move into third place. So we'll look at the schedules of the Warriors at the Nuggets, see who's got the more likely chance to put themselves in position to get that number one seed And how do you coach this if you're Billy Donovan? Because essentially what this means is at some point, you're going to have to tank. You're going to have to tank maybe a game or two or not throw your best lineup out there or at least operate with that kind of mentality. And is that exactly what you want to do for your team as you get ready to go into the playoffs? And then finally, Pau Gasol decides to sign with the Milwaukee Bucks or he's going to sign with the Milwaukee Bucks after being released by the San Antonio Spurs, why this still says more about Oklahoma City and the Thunder 
than it does about Pau Gasol. And remember, he wanted a culture. He said Oklahoma City wasn't cultured enough for him. Nothing against Milwaukee, but I can't think it's any more cultured than Oklahoma City. But we'll go through what the Thunder's reputation was at that time and revisit that moment and decide whether or not the Thunder have actually benefited from Pau Gasol not signing here, which I can tell you they did. And I'll explain coming up. My name is Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I'm a credentialed member of the media. I run a website called Thunder Maven, and that is the maven.net, or actually it's the maven.io. I keep wanting to say net, but it's the maven.io slash thunder. We have video, we have articles from all over the web. It's a one-stop shop for everything Oklahoma City Thunder. We even post this podcast. So let's revisit the last 28 seconds of the Oklahoma City Thunder's loss to the Philadelphia 76ers. As you recall, Russell Westbrook, or maybe you don't. If you're like me, you got to go back and watch it on DVR. Um, and I didn't even, I, look, I'll admit, I like to admit my foibles. I didn't even put this in my video wrap, and I damn sure should have. But going back to those last 28 and a half seconds, if you remember, Russell Westbrook hit two free throws. First of all, that in and of itself is absolutely amazing considering Westbrook shoots just over 60% and the Thunder as a team shoot just over 70% uh, in free throws. And against Denver, Russell Westbrook was 50% from the line. All right, enough numbers. So Russ hits two free throws. There's 28 and a half seconds left. Philadelphia gets the ball into, into the front court. Well, now you've got to decide if you're Billy Donovan. Do you foul and put Philadelphia on the line or do you play defense because there was a three-second differential between the shot clock and the game clock? And remember, the Thunder were out of timeouts. So you can't stop the clock and you can't go inbound in the front court. If you get a rebound, you just got to go play it. If you put them at the line, you just got to go play it off the inbound from the back court and take it up court and hope for the best. Well, the Thunder decided that they were not going to foul because the Philadelphia 76ers, being a very smart team, made sure the ball was in J.J. Reddick's hands. J.J. Reddick had the best free throw shooting night for the Philadelphia 76ers, who were awful from the line as a whole in that game. The 76ers shot just about 60% um, in that game as a whole, 63% to be exact. But Reddick was four from five from the line, but he is an 85% free throw shooter for his career. From Reddick, the ball went to Jimmy Butler. Butler, terrible from the line, two for five. If you wanted to foul him, you would have been completely justified because he hadn't had a good night from the line. Still, he is over an 80% free throw shooter for his career. So you foul either one of those guys. Chances are the shots are probably both going in. You're taking that chance that both of these guys who are usually, for their career, really good in these situations would have sank two shots. You're down 106-104. It becomes a two-possession game again. You've got to inbound the ball, get a quick score, foul again, and really start that cycle. The Thunder decide to play it out and essentially play defense. Ball goes from Reddick to Butler. Butler misses a shot, and here's where the Thunder really screwed up, in my opinion. When that shot bounced off the rim... It went into Ben Simmons' hands, who was one of four from the free throw line that night. Russell Westbrook had an opportunity to foul Ben Simmons at that point, 
and put him on the line. Russ instead decides to knock the ball out of his hands, and now you're taking your chance on the inbound. So as much as you might want to blame Billy Donovan, saying that Billy Donovan did not make the right call, I think it's Russell Westbrook, the captain of your team, who wasn't basketball aware at that moment. And I'm going to criticize Russell because Russ is supposed to know as much as the coach in these situations. Sure, Billy Donovan's older. Sure, Billy Donovan has more game experience than Russell Westbrook. And I'm not absolving Billy Donovan in this situation. But you're a professional. <laughs> you know, Russell, you're, you're more than a decade into this. You know what's going on, and yet it didn't seem anybody was really aware of what happened other than members of the media. And Billy Donovan was asked about it after the game. I thought he did a lot of really good things. Billy, uh, with 28 seconds left, you guys had no timeouts, and the Sixers ran down the clock. Was that, did you consider fouling, and what kind of what was the thought process in that situation? I think there was probably maybe a four-and-a-half-second, four-second differential right around there. Um, I, I thought if with no timeout, if we did foul and they made two free throws, you know, that, you know, was probably going to put us in a situation where if we didn't get a steal, you know, it, it would put us down four. We made it a two-possession game without a timeout. I didn't think that was great. Um, we got to stop. You know, and it was a rebound. I think Butler missed it along the baseline. We didn't come up with the rebound. But we would have given ourselves a chance, I think, with Russell's speed. If the ball would have gotten out, let it, we would have ran. I think we had enough time to get it down. I'm not saying we could have got to the rim, but we would have gotten enough time to get off a shot because Butler had to shoot the ball before the shot clock was going to go off. So actually, we probably had a little bit more time than maybe that four and a half seconds to get it down there. So. It was really close, you know. I mean, obviously, if there's a one, two, three second differential with no timeout, you're probably almost almost forced to foul. But I thought, you know, with Russell's speed, we got the ball clean, rebound, and got it out, let it, we could get down the floor. But really, you put a lot of pressure on yourself if you they make two free throws into a four possession game, and you have to go the length of the floor. Yeah, I, I just didn't. I thought if it was a broken floor situation, we could get a stop. That may be our best opportunity. Billy, what about the uh, not fouling, or did you consider fouling um, Simmons because he was one of four and just really hadn't shot well? You've yeah, had some success with that in the past. Yeah, no, we, we did. Obviously, the, it got down. You know, we were for, fighting our way back into the game. We had talked a little bit about it um, with if it got, you know, if it didn't get under two minutes to do that. And then clearly, I think maybe uh, one of the things we would have done is if, if uh, with that four and a half second differential. If Simmons would have really gotten the ball there, that would have been an opportunity foul, but he never really touched the ball there. He kind of uh, you know, inbounded it and got out of the way and they tried to keep it in Riddick's hands um, you know, on that play and they got it to Butler and those two guys kind of occupied that side of the floor and you just certainly just didn't want to foul those two guys at the end. Anyone else? Thank you, Coach. Thank you. Give the 76ers some credit for making sure the ball was in Reddick's and Butler's hands at that moment. I mean, that's just smart by them, smart by Brett Brown. But it doesn't completely absolve the Thunder in that situation. You're playing no excuses. You're in a situation where every single game counts for seeding. And if you really value that third seed, you're taking advantage. You should have still, in that game, 
taking advantage of the fact that Joel Embiid was out, taking advantage of the fact that Boba Marjanovic was out, and done everything you could to make sure you got the ball into Steven Adams' hands. I'll also give the Philadelphia 76ers credit there for keeping the Thunder pushed out of the paint the way that they did during that night. But the Thunder in clutch situations, as much as I like Russell Westbrook and his speed and everything that Billy Donovan was saying, it also highlights the fact that Paul George was gone. One, not to help you on defense, not to maybe help Russell Westbrook out to be aware in that situation, although George was on the sidelines and certainly uh, could have communicated during those foul shots about, hey, what are you going to do? What I mean, maybe you blame Paul George for not talking to Billy Donovan or Donovan's assistance, but the communication at that time, it just didn't seem the Thunder knew what the hell was going on. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up next, Golden State, Denver. Who would you rather face in the second round? And what do you do if you're Billy Donovan to manipulate where the Thunder could be in the playoffs? The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Don't forget to listen to the Locked On Thunder podcast in your car or the Locked On Sooners podcast in your car. Just tell your smart device, play the Locked On Thunder podcast or play the Locked On Sooners podcast. You can subscribe via Apple iTunes. It's also available on Stitcher and Spotify. It's the Locked On Thunder podcast and the Locked On Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, looking at what's going on with the standings, and as of now, in the NBA standings, again, this is the recording of a podcast at about noon on Saturday before the... uh, Thunder play the Spurs, which this is a weekend podcast, so I'm trying to stay away from uh, breakdowns of this game, so you can listen to this maybe on your way to to see the Thunder play the Grizzlies on Sunday, but as of now, the Thunder have a half-game lead over the Portland Trailblazers, and the Warriors have a half-game lead over the Nuggets. I still would rather see the Thunder play the Rockets in the first round and avoid the Jazz. What's interesting is looking at ESPN's predictor of who's got the best opportunities to go to the playoffs in their playoff matchups or go to the finals, the Jazz have a better chance, according to ESPN, of winning the championship than the Thunder do, which is interesting because the Thunder would have to play the Jazz in the first round of the playoffs and the Thunder are 3-0 versus the Jazz at this point. But that would be a very physically, mentally draining series to play the Jazz because you know that the Jazz are going to play the Thunder extremely tough, and then you're put in a position where right now you'd have to play Denver, and then if you're lucky enough to get past Denver, you're worn out by the time you get to Golden State in the finals. That's why I'd rather see the Thunder play Golden State in the second round. So how the Thunder accomplished that? Well, one, a lot of it depends on what's going to happen between Golden State and Denver, and just looking at their strength of schedules at this point, 
Denver overall has the number eight strength of schedule or the number eight strength of schedule. And Golden State comes in at the 15th strength of schedule. This should get decided head-to-head because both of these teams will play each other twice before the end of the season. And then Denver has matchups with the 76ers, Toronto, um, or, or excuse me, uh, the Thunder and the Blazers and the Pacers. And I think Golden State, I'm looking at Golden State right now, uh, Golden State also will play the Pacers, 76ers, Thunder, and Celtics. So I would think it gets decided on head-to-head competition and that Golden State's probably going to win that head-to-head competition and then they would own the tiebreaker against Denver just in case it was tied. Either way, no matter what, I I tell you all that to tell you this. If I'm Billy Donovan looking at the Thunder with the number one hardest schedule left in the NBA for the rest of the season, I'm manipulating it so I avoid Denver at all costs in the second round, and I'm not buying into the fact that Denver is just... Uh, they're just a regular season team. They're not a playoff team. Watching these three games that the Nuggets have played with Oklahoma City, they've worn them out with their speed. They've worn them out with their physicality. That isn't just not being able to handle pressure in the playoffs. That's you just being a bad matchup for Oklahoma City. And luckily for Billy Donovan, if you're wanting to manipulate this, now granted, what does that mean? What is manipulating code for? It's code for tank. It means that you're going to have to lose on purpose. Well, if you don't want to make it look so on purpose, you've got ample opportunity down the stretch to have a few games not go your way. There is one more game with Denver that's in Oklahoma City where, hey, you might just want to go 0-4 to them if it's a half game or one game making the difference between you and Portland. There are two games left to Toronto that the Thunder could easily lose. A game to the Bucs. And that game is in Milwaukee, so you lose that. And uh, then the Pacers. Uh, You'd have a hard time. I mean, seriously, if you you don't want people to know you're tanking, those are the games that you've got to pick to make it look not so obvious. I mean, you lose to the Mavericks, T-Wolves, and Heat, uh, and the Grizzlies, which the first of those two matchups is this Sunday. No, everybody's going to know. So you can't make it look obvious. You can't make it look like you are trying to control your own destiny in the playoffs. And looking at Portland's schedule down the stretch, they're 24th. I mean, this is great for Portland. They got a couple of matchups with Denver. They got the Clippers and the Spurs. But then you got the Bulls, Grizz, Pelicans who are throwing it in. Oh, no, this sits up perfectly for Oklahoma City to have that opportunity to avoid the Nuggets in the second round. That's all I really want as a Thunder fan is just not to play the Nuggets until it comes to the Western Conference Finals. And at that moment, I will take my chances because we can put our stamp on it and call it a successful season. But losing at any point before the Western Conference Finals this year, even though I could sit here and justify it to you, saying, no, it's successful because of reasons A, B, C, no Thunder fan is going to accept that. All Thunder fans want to see the Thunder go to the second round, or not go past the second round of the playoffs, but want to see them go to the Western Conference Finals. And the Thunder fans have a mentality of Western Conference Finals or bust. Second round is great. You don't want to get knocked out in the first. And even if you know Denver's a bad matchup and that Golden State is better than you, 
and you're still going to not accept it. And as far as that Golden State matchup, yeah, I like the Thunder's op chances against Golden State better than I do against Denver. Yeah, it's still a tough matchup. And Boogie Cousins puts a whole different dynamic with Golden State in the playoffs because it's more three-point shooting that they can add. It makes life tougher for Steven Adams. We're all worried about him getting caught on those switches with guards. Well, now it's just not just that. It's caught on switches having to guard another center who can shoot three-pointers. And even though he can play physical and probably get his points and alter some things with Boogie, we saw how difficult it was for him to deal with, with Jokic. It's going to be that much more difficult to deal with Cousins during the playoffs. And, and I trust Steve Kerr immensely to maximize the talent that he has. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. We'll wrap things up next here on LOT. Talking about Pau Gasol and what his decision to go to Milwaukee ultimately said about the Oklahoma City Thunder in the 2015 season. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Eric G. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to listen in your car. All you got to do is tell your smart device to play the Locked On Thunder Podcast, and it's right there at your fingertips or actually at the sound of your voice. Also, tell it to play the Locked On Sooners Podcast or any of the other great podcasts we have in the Locked On Podcast Network. Pal Gasol is going to sign with... The Milwaukee Bucks. He's getting his release from the San Antonio Spurs, which means good. He's going to be a non-factor in uh, tonight's game, and I really wasn't that worried about Powell anyway. But what? Wh why am I bringing this up that he's going to sign with the Bucks? Because in the 2015-2016 season, over the summer, Powell Gasol was a free agent. Both Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant flew out to California to meet with Powell Gasol and try and convince him to come play for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Obviously, it was to no avail. What was Pau Gasol's reasoning? Culture. Said he didn't think Oklahoma City had enough culture for him, so he was going to go sign with the Chicago Bulls. And at that time, at that time, um, I, I could accept that excuse. Okay, you're going to sign with the Bulls. That makes sense. But shortly after that, Pau Gasol ends up in San Antonio. And now from San Antonio, since he's not getting the run that he wants to, he's going to leave there and go to Milwaukee because he wants one less shot at a ring. Everybody and their dog, myself included, thought if Pau Gasol had come to Oklahoma City, they would have won the Western Conference that year and ultimately had an opportunity to play the Miami Heat for a championship. We all thought that. Steven Adams was in his third year. Adams would have been coming off the bench. He was still developing. 
Powell would have started. He would have given you an extra dimension. Oh, Oklahoma City was good to go. And Powell is now... <laughs> this went from being about culture to about winning rings. And what that says about Oklahoma City at that time, the reputation around the league was that the Thunder did not care about winning championships. And it all started back on that fateful day when OU played Notre Dame and James Harden got traded to the Houston Rockets. At that moment, it was a long-lasting three-, four-year effect around the Thunder that they didn't care about winning championships. What they cared about was managing the bottom line and most likely staying relevant to make sure that fans were coming into the arena. But hanging the banner, going all in, paying the luxury tax, paying the repeater tax, people were just... People were convinced that that's not how the Thunder wanted to do business. And, and not just people, but more importantly, players were convinced that way. And it kept you from getting one of the most coveted free agents that year that I, I dare say had you got him and you gone to the finals, win or lose, you would have kept Kevin Durant. Now, the lasting effects may not have been keeping Russell Westbrook had Kevin Durant around. But that moment, Pau Gasol not coming here changed the Oklahoma City Thunder forever because that reverberated throughout that locker room in that front office. And the Thunder, I would assume, spent a whole season trying to convince Kevin Durant that they had changed and they were going to be fine and they were going to do things the way that Kevin Durant wanted to do them. Durant didn't see it. He left and went to Golden State. But since that time, Think about everything Sam Presti has done. And it's not just the trades, but it's the trades to get people like Paul George and even Carmelo Anthony that didn't work out that pushed the Thunder to pay a very hefty tax bill in order to say to the entire league, yes, we are about winning. And essentially what it comes down to is what every player in the league wants to know, what every fan in the league wants to know is, are you willing to spend money to win? Are you willing to operate at a loss in order for us to get a championship? Now, the Thunder aren't operating at a loss, but Sam Presti has been more than honest that, hey, they were going to pay for whatever it takes to keep a guy like Paul George around and would be willing to go well into the luxury tax if they thought it meant getting a championship, which is why I thought when Dennis Schroeder got traded here that the Thunder were going to spin him because of his hefty salary that it's like, okay, well, you got rid of Carmelo Anthony to get rid of money. Uh, you did get Paul George, but you probably don't feel like you can win a championship this year, so why would you take Dennis Schroeder on? Well, you've seen, they took Schroeder on, they're paying the tax. You pick up a guy like Markeith Morris. No, the Thunder definitely about winning, and Pau Gasol missed out on a very good opportunity. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back on Monday to talk about the games with San Antonio and Memphis. It's all right here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. And until Monday, may God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody, and peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.